people need to be able to think, speak, and act without self-restraint. As an academic scientist, I have had the privilege of working with prescient giants in the field, such as Dr. Peter McCullough, Dr. Zev Zelenko, Dr. Joseph Ladapo, and Dr. Harvey Reich. This is America Out Loud Talk Radio. Welcome to my Liberty Hour. I am Dr. Paul Alexander. Welcome to the uh, America Out Loud Talk Radio Network. And this is Dr. Paul Alexander, Liberty Hour on America Out Loud. You know that America Out Loud Talk Radio, um, my show, is a weekly show and it goes to podcast the day after. And America Out Loud Talk Radio plays on the iHeartRadio network. You could also listen on our media player from anywhere browser, anywhere in the world. We have the best in-class apps available on Apple, Android, and Alexa, where we stream 24-7. And now, you can also hear them on the podcast on those same apps. Well, all of my shows go to podcast the following day after the broadcast is heard on talk radio, this show. You can hear them on Spotify, Stitcher, Pandora, and iHeart Podcasts, and many more. Be sure to, to subscribe. Um... Be sure to make America Outlaw your daily stop for all the latest news and happenings, and particularly shows like mine, Dr. McCullough's, Dr. Reish, etc. And um, you can also find my shows if you and podcasts if you go to the menu navigation bar at America Out Loud under our shows or schedule and look for the Dr. Paul Alexander Liberty Hour. Let me just quickly remind you that you can find uh, my daily blog. It's um, my Substack. It's the title is you can Google it. Alexander, COVID news. That's A L E X A N D E R space COVID space news. Alexander COVID news, and I write daily about many topics, particularly COVID. I make the blog available for free. Um, there's a yearly subscription of twenty nine dollars. If you want to support me, um, it it helps me tremendously. And um, you can also find me, you can also provide some support if you went to Zell, S-Z-E-L-L-E, and the email is sr7283 at gmail.com. Well, you know, there's a lot of things that we are going through constantly, and um, thank God for uh, for platforms like this by Malcolm, because we are fighting within a work, intolerant, cancel culture where people like McCullough, myself, et cetera, Marcus, we can't get to um to get a message out in the full legacy media. And we've been canceled and smeared. So we need people like Malcolm and America out loud. And thank you. We need to thank them for this again. Before I start on the COVID issues, I want to touch base on some key stories that I'm seeing in the media, like on Breitbart, Drudge, etc., uh, because because we are faced with a couple of serious issues. One is the incessant attempt by the left, the rhinos, etc., the deep state, the cabal, whatever you want to call them, the DC swamp. You could have your own name for them, but there's this relentless push to punish and imprison President Trump, and. Um, 
I believe they're trying everything they can to imprison him, put him in jail. So that you will not be able to vote for him. I actually believe they're, they're, they're trying to keep bringing him to these courthouses to expose him. And that he's at risk. He's at risk of being harmed by some leftist wacko in the society. I'm praying daily that his security team is top-notch and they make sure between the Secret Service and them to protect this president. What I'm saying and I've written in my substack is this. That the Democrats and the left and the deep state and the rhinos, they best be very careful for what they're doing. They will rue the day. They will regret. They will regret and probably kneel long and pray and beg forgiveness in the future for what they have done to Trump. And everything that they have done so far and everything they think they're going to get away with in the future, we will return it in kind. Democrats will not be in power forever. The tables will turn, and we will get the right person there who will punish them, punish them deep, long, and hard. And everything that they do to Trump, every charge, we will return it. Anything that they do to him, we will return it and more. And we will defeat them in the courts, and we'll defeat them on the ballot box. But we have to. This is not about sitting down and holding hands and begging forgiveness and accepting mere culpas in the future. These are deep, sick, malevolent, evil people. And we have to treat them as such when we get our turn. Because our turn will come. We can't be nice. We have to punish them. Viciously, as they're vicious with Trump. As I said, every single thing they do to Trump, we return it in kind. So I see on Drudge they're talking about uh, um, Biden's, Hunter Biden's indictment, that he could face 10 years. Before you imprison Hunter Biden, you have to go back to Obama. You have to go to George Bush. You have to go to Clinton. You have to go to President Biden. You want to imprison Trump. Make sure that you set up a prison cell for them. You know there's a saying that when you're going to, you're trying to kill someone and you're walking with a shovel to dig their grave, make sure you dig two. One for you too. So I'm warning them again. Be very careful. Because if it takes us five years, six months, 10 years, 50 years, we won't forget. We won't forget what you do to Trump. And we will punish you in return. So there are a lot of issues right now in the news. A lot of them are ridiculous stories. You know, when you look at um, Breitbart, etc. and Drudge, they're trying to do some good work, but but really and truly be dominated still by this COVID issue. And before I shift it, I want to talk about this nutball Zelensky from Ukraine. I've been on record saying that we must shed no blood and treasure from the United States, no more of our tax money, and not one U.S. soldier. Well, we knew the report came out, there were like 10 to 14 special forces or something like that, contractors, in um, 
from what I understood, in Ukraine or Russia, but they were U.S. It was kind of a shocking story because it really showed us that this battle is not really between Russia and Ukraine. It's between Russia and the United States fought proxy through Ukraine. We're in a very dangerous situation. You need to understand, I'm a very blunt man. Putin could have cinderized Ukraine at any moment. He could do it right now as I speak. He could vaporize Ukraine and take it off the face of this earth. And he could do that to anyone who interferes. You have to give Putin... I, I don't like Vladimir Putin as much as I don't like most politicians in America or Canada, etc. They're all crooks. But I have deep respect for Putin. And his people loves him. The President of the United States does not have the approval that Putin has. It's a very serious statement I just made here. I have no care for Putin. I don't like him. I don't trust him. I think he's a dangerous person on his own. But he's somebody that we have to contend with and we sleep with one eye open. But this direct hostile move by the United States through Ukraine to remove Putin is wrong because he is not taking that position against America. Why would we be careening towards World War III? Why? We've driven Putin, Russia, into the hands of China, into the arms of China. Xi and Putin are like best friends. America cannot ever, they cannot in the past, they cannot today, and they cannot in the future, regardless of their military might, fight a unified China and Russia. They cannot, just based on the combined nuclear arsenal and the populations. They can't. Why are we pushing Putin towards China and China towards Russia? Why? We are pushing Putin towards North Korea. We are pushing Putin towards Iran. These are places that are not friends of America. Why are we doing it? Why is the Biden administration pushing us to World War III? A war that we cannot win. Why are we supporting this pump-wearing, cross-dressing freak, Zelensky? His claim to fame was that comedy show he put on where he, he used his penis to strike the piano keyboard to play a song with his penis. Do you remember that? Go and Google it. That was his claim to fame. When you go and you find that video of him dressing, dancing in his uh, leather outfit on his pumps with the other transgender freaks with him. Why? Why would we threaten the survival of the world over a cross-dressing, pump-wearing freak? Why would we be willing to risk the blood of Americans, women, and men in the military for this freak? Why would we give our taxpaying money to this freak? Why? Some say because the surnames of many Congress people and senators and elites in America, the children of many Congress people, past and present, grandchildren, friends, are on the contracts in the Ukraine that U.S. taxpayer money funds. Is this true?
is Ukraine really a slush fund Ponzi scheme where the elites and connected in America over decades have used to enrich themselves with fraud, fraud, fraudulent contracts? Is this true? Is this what this is all about? My view is that President Trump is the only person to save America. When you look at the cast of characters on deck today, all of them, all in the Republican primary, they're jokers, they're fools, all of them, all. DeSantis took all the gravitas he had as Florida governor and he's reduced himself to naught. All he is now is a governor of Florida and that's where he will remain, not even to be future president. He made a grave mistake, grave mistake what he did. And we told him not to. We told him directly and indirectly. And look at him today. He's not even a strong contender in the primary anymore. Trump is the only person that has the stones, the balls, needed to do what needs to be done. Washington needs to be burnt down to the ground, raised to the floor. And, and those of you listening and, and, and leak it to the media, say, oh, Dr. Alexander said we're going to set a fire to everything in Washington, all the buildings, and everybody will be at risk. Now, I'm not saying that, you idiots. You idiots who want to listen to this and then go and say that. No. I mean figuratively. But where you could, where you could evacuate some of those government buildings and clear the surrounding, I would literally burn them down to the floor. Burn the buildings down there, filth. You can't even fumigate them. You need to destroy them and start anew. All of the alphabet agencies, health agencies in America, CDC, NIH, FDA, NIAID, all, HHS, the umbrella, burn them down to the ground. Take where they are and move their headquarters out far. Make the lives of those public servants those twisted leftist taxpayer leeches. All they can do is suck off the teeth of the taxpayer, the breast suckling off a taxpayer money for decades, doing no work. I will put them all on Alcatraz. I will open Alcatraz prison. Like how they had opened Spandau for Hess. I'd open Alcatraz for them and set up HHS and CDC on that rock. Let them have to take that boat every morning in that cold water every day to go to work. That's where the office is. I will place them 400 miles north of Anchorage, Alaska, deep into the tundra, into the snow belt. That they want to work for the government? Well, yes, that's where your office is. I'll help you relocate a house. I'll do that. But I'm going to make your life. Trump has to punish these people for what they did in his first administration. Punish them viciously. Make them pay for what they did. All of those in the deep state. All. And all of those involved today in trying to imprison him with all their bogus charges. Punish them. Use the levels of government. Trump needs to use. If he needs to turn justice inside out and put the right people Yes, it might take a little time, but quickly you could get the right heads in there who brave and have the gonads, the testicles, 
to fire everybody, put the right people in one week, and then start jailing everyone. He needs to do it. He needs to set an example so this could never happen again. You see, what they did here was Trump was such an outsider, and he threatened, he threatened the corruption that they sat over and they enjoyed and the stealing. He threatened it. He didn't even get time to fix it. But just the threat of it, they have to make an example of him. So nobody in the future that they don't anoint and they don't appoint the presidency can't come and be president. No rich person in, in the future who even have money to set up their own campaign will ever think, boy, you know what? I want to be president. They will always think twice. They'll say, boy, you see what they do to Trump with all his money and all his fame? Look how they destroyed him. So they're not going to do it. This was to send a message to everyone. Never try it. Never try to do what Trump did. That's why Trump needs a second term. Because he needs to punish them. He needs to take this home. He needs to go far, wide, deep. Jail many at CDC, at the FDA, at the NIH. Jail them. Put them in jail. Put them in proper legal forums so they can defend themselves. But if a judge says... We're taking all their money and we're imprisoning them, we're imprisoning. And if a judge comes back and say we're placing the death penalty because in COVID they killed many, we place the death penalty on the table. We don't be afraid, but we let a judge decide that. Thank you. Copix RX nasal solution has completed the circle and is now offering throat spray with povidone iodine. That completes the protocol doctors like Peter McCullough recommend. If staying healthy is important, you'll want to make sure to add throat spray to your next order of Cofix RX. For a limited time and exclusive for America Out Loud listeners only, you can save 25% off your entire order. Let's double down against colds, flu, strep, RSV, HRV, COVID, and more. Click the banner or go to America Out Loud shop to get 25% off your entire order. Use coupon code OUTLOUD25. That's coupon code OUTLOUD25. For 25 years, Global Healing has proudly produced the highest quality supplements and cleansing programs that are rooted in nature and backed by science. Get 15% off all of our products using code OUTLOUD. Global Healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. We are the pulse and voice of everyday American thought. AmericaOutloud.news, delivering a message of truth, inspiration, and hope to the world. Here we take on the challenges of our generation so that we can preserve future generations. Join us in the fight for liberty and justice for all. America Out Loud Talk Radio. Welcome back to the second part of the Alexander COVID, Alexander Liberty Hour, Dr. Paul Alexander Liberty Hour on America Out Loud Talk Radio. Remember um, my substack? Uh, I ended with some uh, with my view on what President Trump needs to do, and I'm going to talk a bit about COVID and this new um by this new booster XBB 1.5 that they're trying to bring out that they just got emergency use for the Moderna XBB 1.5 booster based on the XBB 1.5 spike, knowing that the XBB 1.5 variant 
is almost supplanted and displaced that we right now we have on deck the eg5 the fl 1.5 and the and the ba 2.86 these bastards know at cdc and fda at moderna and pfizer bola and bansel they know that this booster will not hit that there will be a clear mismatch between this booster and the circulating variant so that what will happen is viral immune escape antibody dependent enhancement of infection that means that the vaccinated will become infected first rapidly and severely ill they know this they know original antigenic sin must operate that they recall antibodies no matter how many vaccines you take in the future the recall antibodies must be to the initial prime or exposure that is original antigenic sin what you were vaccinated for initially or exposed to in the future the antibodies that are recalled will be predominantly to that exposure so you could remake the spike you could remake the, you could you could tweak the mrna in the vaccine you could do what you want every time you take a booster your antibody response the antibodies that are called up will be to the initial vaccine that is the initial vaccine you took that was based on the initial wuhan legacy strain they know this they know that bringing out a vaccine that mismatches the circulating variant that suboptimal immunity will drive natural selection darwinian natural selection to select for new infectious variants they know that that selection pressure will result in more variants they know this yet they still bring in the south you have peter marx from the fda ashish ja from the biden administration these people are is not that they, you can't say that they're clueless these people are malfeasant these are not good people they are setting this up for this 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 infection this whatever it is that they developed in the lab whether intentional or by accident they they fauci and francis collins and barack and dazak and they did do something they brought something whether what they released was mrna or spike or whatever or coronavirus whatever they released something that yes did cause some kind of pulmonary illness viral respiratory illness symptoms to high risk vulnerable people over age 80 with underlying medical conditions and yes that was low hanging fruit it killed them we know that we lost people but we know the vast majority of people we lost was due to the lockdowns and the collateral damage and the school closures we know that we know that the vast majority of people we lost was due to people being unable to access medical care in march of 2020 when all of the crazy hospitals under government advisement in canada in the uk in, in france in the united states designated all the beds as covid beds so in march and april of 2020 when your daddy had chest pains he was a afraid to go to the hospital he might catch covid not understanding the lie of it all b he was afraid to go to his doctor in the clinic 
because the doctor wasn't even going to see him. Everything was shut down for two years. C, he couldn't come to the hospital because the hospital had every bed a COVID bed and all surgeries, everything was elective. So he couldn't even get care if he came to the emergency room. And his heart disease began to fester. And now two and three years after, he have advanced cardiovascular disease, advanced sequelae that they can't help him now. That is why when you look at the excess mortality data today, you see so much excess mortality, all-cause mortality. It's because of all of the people with cancers, with, with diabetes, renal failure, cardiovascular illness. All of these things, they couldn't get care. Now they're dying. It's not no virus. COVID is done two years ago. It's no virus. That's what they knew. And they know that the vast majority of people died because of how they were treated in the medical system. Because once you took granny, we've spoken about this, once you took granny from the nursing home or from her private home and you rushed her to the hospital because she had a little cough or whatever, because you frightened everybody that, oh, she might have COVID. They knew that once granny touched that emergency room door, her 28-day mortality, her risk of death in 28 days escalated 40%, just touching the door from iatrogenic infection. She would get C. difficile, Clostridium difficile, Staphylococcus aureus, all of these infections in the emergency room. They knew that. They knew she would die from something other than whatever she came from. And they knew they were using an RT-PCR test that was processed, not even a test. There was 97% false positive. They knew that because any cycle over 24 amplifications was viral dust and viral fragments, old common cold coronavirus, not infectious, lethal virus. They knew cycling at 40, they were designating her COVID positive when she was not. Yet they knew they had to suck her into the COVID black hole to use the COVID protocol because they knew they were getting hundreds of thousands of US dollars and Canadian dollars per patient in the black hole. So they couldn't even let you take your grandparent or your parent out. Once they touch there, they tell her she can't leave because she have COVID. So we need to isolate her. And you like a stupid fool, scared of your own parent, let them take her in and put her in that back room. False positive. And then they began the COVID protocol. What? What did they do? They go and treat again. They isolated her. And these beasts know that for an elderly person, isolation is the number one killer. They begin to circle and spiral the drain. An elderly person once you isolate them. Then you gave her sedatives because you didn't want to touch her. So you wanted to sedate and comatose her so she could behave herself on that bed. So you, the doctor and the nurse, could stand up behind the glass window and fill out your charts every day. You could say, oh yeah, we examined the patient, but you didn't touch her. We know that because we went and we looked below her blanket. We saw them with mounds of feces and maggots. For weeks, she never even changed them. They shit on themselves whole day and pee. 
You wouldn't even go in the room. That's what you did them. And you pump her with sedatives. You use my Dazalam. You knew that my Dazalam is a is a death warrant chemical. You knew it is, you know it is used in the execution chamber before the potassium is given to execute a, a person to stop their heart. You know that you give them my Dazalam first. So you could strap them on that gurney and not give you trouble. You know you were paralyzing her with my Dazalam. And then you pump her with diamorphine. You had a comatose, she couldn't move. Isolated. Sedated with my Dazalam and diamorphine. She couldn't eat. She became malnourished and died. Many, many elderly died because of malnourishment. Many elderly then died. If they didn't die from malnourishment, they died from dehydration. That's what we did. And then we pumped her with more toxic drugs as she was dehydrated and spiraling and circling the drain, dying. They wouldn't touch her. Family couldn't even see her. And when she died, they couldn't even bury her. But you wasn't done, you beast. You pumped her with remdesivir that we wrote and we spoke. Me, Dr. Alexander, Dr. McCullough, Dr. Reish, Dr. Ardis. On many stages, you could find it. Google it. Go to my blog, Alexander COVID News. Remdesivir was kidney and liver toxic. It was a failed Ebola drug. It was like Tamiflu or Seltamivir. It was a drug in search of a condition. They gave Tamiflu the pandemic of 2009. They gave that drug its condition. They decided to give Remdesivir to COVID. So Remdesivir found its condition, knowing it is failed, that it would never work, and it was deadly, yet you gave it to her. Because it was $2 to give you hydroxychloroquine, but it was $3,500 every dose of Remdesivir that you build the government. And when you was done, you, you, you put a do not resuscitate order on her that her family didn't authorize. You authorized it in the hospital. Because you wanted her dead so you could collect that few hundred thousand from the government quickly. And then you did the most incredible thing. You said no antibiotics. Why? When you interviewed these idiotic, moronic doctors, they said, well, the CDC or the FDO Health Canada said to us that antibiotics are for bacterial infections and COVID is a viral infection, so we can't use it. Yet these morons, these idiots, these fools knew that as in Spanish flu, 98% of the people who died, of that 50 million who died in 1917, they didn't die from the influenza from the Spanish flu. Flu, influenza, they died with bacterial infections secondary to the viral infection. Most people died, 98% from pneumonia, bacterial pneumonia that needed antibiotics in 1917. 
We didn't have antibiotics then. So we know why they died. Today, we have antibiotics. Yet doctors were prevented from prescribing it. This was a concerted effort to kill people. Most of the people who died, our elderly in hospitals, in nursing homes, would be alive today had doctors used antibiotics that was right there. But they hid behind, well, the, the college told me this is a viral, so don't use bacterial drugs. Yet they knew that these people had pneumonia. They let them develop sepsis, and of course they would die. Systemic infection, they would die. And before you thought, well, they kill them. They kill granny. No, they weren't done. No, to make sure they get all of the money from the Canadian government and the provinces in Canada and the U.S. government, they needed to intubate her and put on a ventilator because they needed to declare that she died from COVID. Yet they knew that they didn't know what they were doing with the ventilator. See, Trump... <laughs> This came under Trump too, and he was deceived with this because he didn't know. But I can't stop excusing everybody because the ventilator blew. There's a condition called ventilator acquired pneumonia, VAP, VAP. Everybody knows this basic, basic science and medicine. You put somebody on a ventilator, the chances are they will develop pneumonia because of the ventilator. And you were placing these people on the ventilator when their lungs were so traumatized because you had an end-stage COVID. Because you had her on this train in the hospital. You weren't touching her. She was getting sick, malnourished, dying, no antibiotics. By the time you put granny on that ventilator, you had serious, serious deep-seated infection. You didn't have upper respiratory tract infection the nasal mucosa. You didn't have a cough. You didn't have upper respiratory tract right there in the throat or right there in the upper chest. You had infection that had migrated deep down inside, deep inside the lungs, down into the alveoli where the gas exchange takes place. The walls of the alveoli are so brittle because oxygen moves one way, carbon dioxide waste product in next to the blood supply. You knew that by the time you, you, you slapped that ventilator on, not doing any training, you know once you force air down into that trauma lung, after granny weeks inside a hospital, isolated, comatose, sedated, malnourished, dehydrated, she have sepsis at that point, careening towards end organ damage across her body, failure, renal failure, Lung failure, heart failure, all. Because you failed to give her antibiotics. That's why we, we coined and we invented the early treatment model. The early treatment model was not about the ivermectin and the hydroxy. The early treatment model, the real key was the antibiotics. Because antibiotics carry antibacterial, antiviral, anti-inflammatory properties. We knew why we placed it there, the doxycycline, the azithromycin. We knew why. It was to save their lives. Because we understood that pneumonia is the biggest problem, the biggest killer 
of elderly people, especially when you put them to lie down. So even though we didn't even understand what exactly was this viral illness, this respiratory influenza-like symptoms that they were having, we knew that they would develop pneumonia because you're laying them down as elderly. So we knew we had to put you on antibiotics. We made antibiotics core. It was always an anti-infective antiviral with antibiotics and zinc. Because those antivirals like I ivermectin and hydroxy needed a zinc ion of four. Zinc needed an ion of four. I stated it wrong. It was zinc that, that affects the DNA dependent, the RNA dependent RNA polymerase enzyme that is critical to viral replication of the genetic material. And it is zinc that disturbs that enzyme and dysregulates it and damages it. The ivermectin and hydroxy was an ionophore. It was, a, it was a molecular transporter across the membrane to take the zinc in. They didn't stop viral replication. It was the zinc. Anyway, I'm coming to the end of this segment, and thank you very much for once again, America Outlawed, my book, Presidential Takedown, Amazon. Millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-haul effects of the toxic spike protein. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at the Wellness Company designed their spike support formula to counteract harmful spike protein from COVID-19 and vaccines so you can feel your best. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. This is Jody O'Malley with Nurses Out Loud. Did you know our body is made up of trillions of cells and inside each cell, redox signaling molecules are produced? These molecules hold a sacred place in chemistry because as we age, the vital communication of our immune system becomes less efficient. For the first time ever, ASEA brings you the power of these molecules in a convenient and potent form to provide your body with the essential support it needs to thrive. Ever since I toured their facility, I take two ounces in the morning and evening, and my vitality and energy has been restored at a time I needed it the most. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get your exclusive 15% discount by using the code OUTLOUD. AmericaOutloud.news is beaten to the pulse of our nation. We know when you're angry, troubled, misled, joyful, and thankful. We know you because we are you. Join us as we explore the most important issues of our time. America Out Loud Talk Radio. It's a fight for the soul of humanity. Welcome to the third segment of the Dr. Paul Alexander Liberty Hour on America Out Loud Talk Radio. Um, I want to talk first about, um, remember again my blog, Alexander COVID News. It's free. Please subscribe. You get daily um, COVID news, related news. I want to remind you that um, my book, Presidential Takedown, is there. Amazon, Barnes & Noble. And um, I wrote it from the point of view of while I was at the Trump administration at Health and Human Services. Um, my view on uh, what happened to President Trump. 
and how he was toppled from on the inside by the deep state. People like Fauci, Walensky, uh, not Walensky, Fauci, Burks, um, the cabal, the deep state, uh, the bureaucracy, um, many in his administration. I'd like you to consider the book. It's uh, called Presidential Takedown. Remember also with Dr. McCullough, Dr. Rich, et cetera, we provide scientific support to the wellness company. The wellness company, you can find them at twc.health, twc.health, and it's a company that is trying to remake healthcare and put the decision-making back into your hands as a patient, offer you um, telehealth services, um, online prescriptions, etc., and the ability to speak to a doctor and they're trying to uh, to pivot towards specialist care also. Um, a range of nutraceuticals and um, and uh, products that could offer support uh, during this um, post-COVID era, especially in terms of the spike protein from the virus or the vaccine. Uh, I wanted to say that um, with... Uh, the wellness company, you have access to, to a lot of uncensored content. Remember, the website is twc.health, and you could, you could schedule virtual appointments, speak to trusted medical professionals and doctors who, um, who, are, who, 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 who can deal with you very independently, not constrained by the technocracy, the technocracy and bureaucracy. You have access to a wholly owned pharmacy. They could fill out your prescriptions and these doctors now telehealth can tailor treatments specific to you, um, vaccine exemption letters, etc., exclusive treatments, um, world-class supplements, health products, so much more. And um, remember, the link is twc.health. Uh, There's also the Spike product, which um, is a formula put together by this company. And it's based on the evidence that is emerging so far that um, you can purchase the um, the spike product that it helps in dissolving the spike protein from the virus or the vaccine because the evidence is clear now that the spike protein or fragments of it remains in the blood and the tissues long term and uh, we argue it could be lifelong. Um, if, you, if you went to um, the spike to take a look at the product, I, I will read out the website address for you. Um, HTTPS colon forward slash forward slash www.twc.health forward slash collections forward slash COVID-19 forward slash products forward slash long hyphen haul H-A-U-L hyphen formula question mark. REF equals sign Paul. If you go to that link, um, you'll be able to read a lot about the spike protein formula and uh, decide if this is something that uh, you want to help support your immune system, dissolve the spike protein, etc. Look, I wanted to say that um, this issue will be known in time as the, the age of insanity. You know, like we had different ages, the dark ages, etc. This is the age of insanity. I could find no other title to really describe what we're living in now. 
Remember there was this in the past here where Newsom in California they made it illegal for a doctor to disagree with a politician over this COVID era, during this COVID era. So it's kind of like a bunch of madness that we live. And um, I wanted to um, to just bring that up. And uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about um, lockdowns because I put out on my substack something that was written by Dr. Donald Henderson, D.A. Henderson. Um, he was at Johns Hopkins back in 2000, 2001, etc., I think he passed away in 2014. But Dr. Henderson was the father of pandemic response. And yes, he was at Johns Hopkins, but he was advising a lot of international organizations, especially the World Health Organization, et cetera, on what we call non-pharmaceutical interventions. That is interventions that um, you could employ that are not pharmaceutical, but are societal in terms of shielding, like lockdowns, school closures, whatever. And, and he wrote a seminal paper in 2006. The title of it was called Disease Mitigation Measures in the Control, in the Control of Pandemic Influenza. And he wrote this paper with Thomas Inglesby, Nuzo, O'Toole. And uh, it was in 2006. And it, um. Henderson and they had just set up a bioterrorism biological warfare unit at Johns Hopkins in Baltimore in 2001. I actually attended that, um, I think it was the inaugural um, bioterrorism summer session, and I got a certificate from it. It was, it was really interesting. It was really good. Where we were looking at biological warfare at that time, bioterrorism, and how a bad actor could try to weaponize pathogen like smallpox, plague, anthrax, tularemia, Q fever, um, uh, and put it on a warhead, deliver it, a missile delivery system. Looking at all of the issues, not just the epidemiology or the public health response, but the societal response overall. And we did a couple of tabletop exercises using Baltimore as a test city, and I believe we used um, anthrax, delivery of anthrax into Baltimore, and how would the society respond? What would be the death rate and et cetera? And, but anyway, that's just I wanted to disclose that because I do have a lot of training. Actually, Dr. Henderson and me became friends over the years because I would talk to him extensively after every lecture because he lectured. And then I communicated with him by email. And um, over the years, I, I, I decided I wanted to read for a doctorate in biological warfare at Johns Hopkins. And, you know, I, I, I would have discussions with him about different issues around bioterrorism, biowarfare. Bio he agreed to supervise my doctorate. But I, I also was looking towards, I had done some work at, at Oxford, but I was looking towards in evidence-based medicine graduate work and I was looking towards McMaster for a doctorate in, in evidence-based medicine and I eventually did not take it up with Henderson, the doctorate at Johns Hopkins. I did it at McMaster in evidence-based medicine with Dr. Gordon Guy. But anyway, I don't want to get too sidetracked with that, but 
Henderson wrote in 2006 paper about lockdowns, school closures, business closures, masks, everything. And what he was trying to say is um, there, there, there was no situation that he knew of. And this is after extensive study about epidemic and pandemic responses to influenza and to any viral outbreak, etc., as he described, that there is no situation or no condition under which you lock a society down or constrain it in a pandemic. None. He found none. And he 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 was the top guru in terms of how a society should respond to a pandemic. And he said there's no condition, no avenue, no situation under which you lock a society down, especially in a pandemic. And that all that was needed was strong protections of the highest vulnerable people at all times. You make reasonable common sense decisions only. There was no mass testing to be done, no testing of everybody, everybody at the borders, none of it. No mass quarantine. You don't quarantine the population, you don't quarantine people at the borders, nothing. All that was needed based on his research was if people had symptoms and they felt sick, just stay home as you would normally do. Just stay home. And that you increase the hand washing. Because from his point of view, hand washing, and it is so, remains the principal way to curb the transmission. And um, you know, his 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 key words was that um the negative consequences, this is his actual words. The negative consequences of large-scale lockdown quarantine are so extreme. Forced confinement of sick people with the well, complete restriction of movement of large populations, difficulty in getting critical supplies or medicines, difficulty in getting food to people inside quarantine zones, that this mitigation measure of lockdown quarantine should be eliminated from any serious consideration. Basically, he's saying that there is no condition, and he stated it, no condition under which you lock a society down. None. That all of these, he looked at everything. He looked at lockdowns. He looked at school closures. He looked at business closures. He looked at mass mandates. He looked at all, every shielding, anything that you could do. And what he said was, in a pandemic situation, you want the society to remain functional and in its capacity with least, his words, the least disturbance as possible. You don't, as government, interfere with the society. You use public service announcements to increase hand washing. You advise people if they're not sick, if they're sick, they're feeling crappy, they have symptoms, to stay home. But you do not embark on a mass testing of the population where everybody had to be tested every minute. You do not embark on mass quarantine of people with lockdowns. You don't close schools if Johnny had tested positive. You close the whole school. You don't do anything. You let the society function as normal with least interruption from government, unfettered access, no lockdowns, no school closures, none, nothing. Just let society operate. Of course, you protect the vulnerable in a society and you make that decision case by case who's vulnerable, who's not. And the thing is in COVID, 
if you listen and you read his writing, we knew two weeks out from February 2020, two weeks, we knew who was the high risk, who was at risk, how they were at risk, what were the risk factors. We knew there was a 1,000-fold difference in risk between 85-year-old Granny and 10-year-old Johnny in terms of acquiring infection and becoming severely ill or dying. We knew that. So we knew who we needed to focus on, which was Granny at 80 and 85 years and above with underlying medical conditions. Nobody else. The data was very clear after two weeks to us, people like myself, that your this was CDC data. And the public seems to have not been aware of it, and the media definitely covered it up, and the medical doctors pretended this didn't exist. But CDC put out data right after saying that we began in March of 2020 that if you are 70, 75 years old and below, as well as Dr. John Ionides of Stanford, your risk of survival, 70 to 75 years old and below, this was when we started this lockdown lunacy. Your risk of survival was 99.998%. In other words, if you were 75 years old and below and you got exposed and you even got infected with COVID, your chance of survival was almost 100%. So what they were telling us back then were all lies. The lie about asymptomatic transmission. There was no such thing. Just the term tells you it was a lie. For you to transmit pathogen and virus, you must be symptomatic. You cannot transmit if you are asymptomatic. Yet that's stuck in people's heads. Pathogen make you symptomatic with coughs, sneezes, tears, etc. So it can transmit itself, aerosolize itself. But if you're not symptomatic, how would you transmit? Now, we're getting a lot of information now to show us that vaccinated people can shed, can transmit from pores, from groinal secretions, from intimacy, from saliva, etc. We are finding the content of the vaccine. Full vaccine, we are finding mRNA, its fragments. Spike protein, its fragments. We are finding antibodies in a vaccinated person turning up in people who are in close juxtaposition to them, yet who were not vaccinated. Vaccine antibodies. Can you imagine what I just said? That's what we're finding. We are finding placental transfer of the content into the baby in utero. We are finding spike, etc., in the breast milk. So these are the avenues that, yes, the vaccine can be transmitted. But we knew very early on that it was a lie about asymptomatic transmission. We even knew that this there was a lie, a blatant lie by Fauci and Burks about recurrent infection, pre-Omicron era. We were not finding any instance of a bona fide re reinfection. Omicron is different because of the mutations and the rechallenge it had to the immune system, especially the innate immune system. But still, you recovered because of the acquired adaptive second line. We knew there was a lie about there was no early treatment. We had early treatment. We knew there was a lie about 
natural immunity being inferior to vaccine immunity. Because now, like I've written a seminal piece in Brownstone, over 170, 180 pieces of evidence showing that natural immunity was more bulletproof than vaccine immunity. We knew that. We always knew that. That a vaccine could never confer the protection that natural exposure immunity could. We knew that natural immunity is bulletproof. I had COVID twice. I have bulletproof lifelong immunity. I could face any COVID variant. Any. And I may, I may get no symptoms likely. I would never even know. I may get a small symptom. My stomach might feel upset for an hour. I might have a little cough for a few hours. That's it. We know that. We knew that. Everything about COVID was a lie. Donald Henderson told us that in 2006. WHO, etc. used his work, yet pretended it didn't exist at the beginning of 2020. He was correct. In the face of an epidemic or pandemic, you do nothing. You increase the hand washing. Sick people to stay home, but you do nothing. You do not interfere with society and you do not lock down because lockdowns will kill people. Thank you very much.